Hi guys, I'm Rich, one half of Beard and Bear. This is a message recorded on the 19th of June 2020. Due to ongoing revelations in the wrestling industry regarding currently emerging accusations against a number of UK independent WWE, NJPW and AEW wrestlers, we have felt compelled to affix this message to the start of our archived content. We have chosen to keep our archive content as is, for the purposes of transparency. Please be aware that discussions about wrestlers currently embroiled in the ongoing Britress abuse scandal were recorded before these revelations came to light. If you wish to hear our views on these accusations before you continue to listen to our archived content, please feel free to search for hashtag speaking out on our anchor.fm forward slash jfabe profile. In addition, on the back of recent protests and the Black Lives Matter movement, like everyone should, we have checked our privileges in context of what we have learned, particularly regarding sensitivity and microaggressions. I have discussed our past content with multiple people of various different races, creeds, religions, sexualities, genders um, from across our society, and feel some of it may not best reflect our views as they are currently held. However, This podcast has been left as it was originally released. Some opinions are kayfabe and are given by parody characters or personas that do not reflect the present views of Rich or Jay or the actors portraying them. Listener discretion is advised. Everything you hear from this point on is what was released on the original day of publishing. Thank you very much. Hey guys, it's me Rich, showing light. Um, Gonna do two episodes um this week because this is a particularly long episode that i'm going to break into two first half is on worlds collide um that will air today you will hear that after my voice stops speaking to you lovely people uh it's about an hour long and then our regular hour and a half show will air thursday morning that is thursday the 30th 7 a.m. GMT, so double shot right here, Royal Rumble and Worlds Collide um, for this week. We'll be back next week, as always. Do remember to subscribe um, on Anchor, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we are available um, pretty much anywhere you look for JFABE, that is J-F-A-B-E, um, anchor.fm forward slash JFABE. Um, I am at not a time duke that is on twitter and of course jay my erstwhile companion he is at i am not a robot um robot is spelled with two o's um zeros rather than actual o's <sighs> right let's get let's get on with the show let's let's do this Turn light. Rich and Jay. It is post Royal Rumble weekend. Seven in the morning, as always, GMT. 29th of January. Hey, it's been payday this week. Had a lot of fun. Jay, how you doing, man? Yeah, uh, yeah, doing, doing good. You know, alright. Yeah. Recovering from the weekend, but I'm, I'm great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, it was um, a pretty heavy one for us. 
So well. <laughs> <laughs> heavy on the naps. <laughs> yeah, we um I think I don't know, we're gonna we're gonna have to break it to our audience at some point. We think we're getting a bit too old to just stay up all weekend and get as drunk as possible and watch wrestling when it's one of the big four. Yeah. Which is what Did we it work this <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it worked. We were we were we were awake and compass meant us for the actual pay per views, which is actually an yeah. improvement when you really think about it. Um, considering we slept through pretty much all of the NXT takeover before SummerSlam in the summer last year. So no, that's true. You know. Um, yeah. So yeah, we drank a lot of whiskey. I was on the Canadian Club until I vomited. Um, Jay was a bit more sensible and moved over to beer at about that time. Um, went through some good wines. A bit lighter. Yeah. <laughs> Today. Wine, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good wines. Um, a bit of port. A bit of port. We enjoyed that. Had some good food. Food was good. Mate, you are you are becoming an awesome host. Like, I came out well fed from that weekend. Um, a bit of a shame Taz didn't turn up. I was invited. I know, I know. But there you go. It's one of those things. I guess he was too busy with his boat friends. <laughs> one of his boat friends. Oh, dearie. So this week we are going to be looking at Worlds Collide, which we both watched, and Royal Rumble, which we both watched and enjoyed. Um, so yeah. a bit of a bit of a turn turnabout there. Um, we're going to go through. Match by match, talk about our thoughts about each of the performers, where they sit um, in line for WrestleMania season. Um, they've luckily made that quite obvious, um, at least on the WWE end of, of things. Um, we'll also do a brief recap of NXT if we can be bothered, um, but I suppose AEW is the more important thing to focus on if we do want to talk about some at the end. But We'll see how we feel, because we did watch that beforehand, but... Uh, I don't really have much to say about it. It's more of the same, really. There was a swimming pool and a boat. Um, <laughs> John Moxley dressed as a pirate. You heard it here first. And we delivered on that promise. <laughs> because like Dave Meltzer will say one day in the future, this is the only place to find out what is really going on in the wrestling world. A show in life, Richard Gray, every Wednesday, 7am GMT. Just in time for everyone. Yeah, 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 he does. He does, in the future. I've got it on good authority. So, let's start off with this Worlds Collide then, because, I mean, we both came into Worlds Collide with a lot of excitement. Worlds Collide, of course, is the first time it's been presented as a proper network special, um, rather than just a load of matches that they've thrown together, made into a four-part series um, at Royal Rumble Access Week. And just, you know. So, yeah. Um, worlds Collide. Where to begin with that? What were your expectations going into this? Um, For maybe it to be those... one of the best shows that WWE pull out all year round. Mm. Uh, uh, but um, that was a disappointing, wasn't it? Um, I don't... Uh, personally, I was expecting more from every single match on this card than what was delivered, bar maybe the DIY Mustache Mountain match. Oh yeah, um, that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think we should just kind of plow in. Kaylee Ray um, defeated Mia Yim in a singles match on the pre-show. Um, nine minutes, eleven seconds. Any thoughts? Uh, 
Did we even watch that match? I didn't even watch that match. Yeah, I don't think we did. I think we watched something else. What were we doing at that time? On our Uh, drinking. Uh, (laughs) I don't remember. Um, (laughs) We were watching summer or playing summer. Oh, we were playing Turtles in Time. Oh, right, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, we're playing Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles for the arcade. Um, really good game. Um, probably not much else to say about that at this stage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the show started off proper. I think that's where we hit the first kind of stumbling block as far as I was concerned. They started off with um, a fairly well put together package at least um with Winston Churchill um doing one of his famous wartime speeches about fighting them um on the beaches etc etc now my major issue with this was that um there was a german faction led by an austrian <laughs> on screen and a an american faction led by a canadian and no English people at all during Churchill's speech. That did happen. There, there was a little snippet of Mustache Mountain near the end after the speech. Yeah, after the speech <laughs> when Slipknot started playing. <laughs> I don't think it was Slipknot. I think it was, was someone it else. But, um, yeah. you're, you're, very, you're, you're probably correct, actually. Um, in fact... Um, I was actually researching this earlier. Fury um, was the song. It was by Wage War. I was looking earlier for that um, just in case I wanted to play it as the intro to this section and then realised that it would have been a nightmare to edit, so decided to throw together the countdown instead, which I'm pleased with. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that felt a bit inappropriate to me. Um, maybe, Maybe it was the right... Um, the right promo for the wrong time. Um, I don't know. It didn't. It didn't serve to get me pumped up because I was too busy thinking. Why would you put Churchill on whilst you have no English people at all during this promo um, until Churchill's no longer speaking? Speaking. Surely, if you're meant to be highlighting NXT UK and you're using Churchill to do so, you want to be showing someone other than four people who are all from countries that the English were fighting during the war. I mean, an Italian, an Austrian, and two Germans. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's move on from that. Um, Finn Balor um, versus Ilja Dragunov. Many expected this to be the match of the weekend. I certainly did. Um, It was 13 minutes, 10 seconds. Um... Bit of a weird one. Um, I think the first conversation to have in regards to this, and please correct me if I'm wrong, the delivery of Ilja Drugunov, um to an American audience. Do you feel they dropped the ball? Because I sure as fuck do. Well, I mean, what, he came down marching to a Russian song? Uh, yeah, it was a Russian song. Um, um, I, I Which can is prob- basically his, his theme tune in NXT UK. But Yeah. Um, but it's probably I mean, not the best thing to do. Yeah, I think it's. For I think audience. I think the problem here is that something that was kind of fine in NXT UK, as it were, 
um, and something that is just a by-the-numbers booking decision when choosing this guy's music um, is not appropriate for the character and certainly not appropriate for when you're trying to establish that character as a face against a heel, Finn Balor. Um, I don't think it did either of them any favours as a result because you're putting them in front of a hostile audience. He'd only had two hours, uh, sorry, two minutes um, the previous week on NXT in a video package form, no interaction with the American audience otherwise, insofar as the WWE product's concerned, to introduce him to that audience. Um, And this is an audience that have been trained for nearly 50 years now to boo the Russians. I mean, what more can you say on that, really? Um, mm. Obviously, Dragunov got booed throughout the match, and Finn Balor was the babyface within this one. Uh, yeah, and to a certain extent. I mean, yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, his entrance is not appropriate for who he is. Um, let's... He needs to go back to his progress theme tune. Yeah, um, his progress theme tune for those of you who haven't heard um, is. A bit, shall we say, sweeter on the delivery. Um, so the WWE's theme tune for him is this. Um, that's not very Elder Dragonov, is it? Jay? Well, Jay's probably scratching his bum or something, but it's definitely uh, not that appropriate. Oh, okay. Could you not hear me? No, made it out for like a little bit. Oh, uh, okay. Lost you there. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, that's that's his theme. Yeah, not very appropriate, is it? Not really. No. Um, um, let's see if we can get his progress theme up while we're doing this. Um, so he comes out to very intense. Um, track. It's called Race of Predators. Um, it is more fitting to his character. It is more fitting. It's um, yeah, it's owned by BMI um, Warner. Um, right. But it is, you know, it's Ukrainian drumming basically. Can I just throw Warner some money? We should be alright. I I think considering that all their like their alternative is to basically go for a humdrum delivery of what is effectively a Russian nationalist folk song um, from the USSR era. Yeah, I'm I'm one hundred percent with you. No, no, it's not. <clears throat> they deliver him as being from Moscow, Russia. Everyone else is quite happy to announce him as being from Dresden, Germany. Um, you know, keeping the Moscow. Um, what's his? What's his? What's his nickname? The Moscow Mule Kicker or something. I mean, keeping <laughs> that's keeping that keeping that is fine. But so Russian in the delivery, all you can do is uh, think, "Oh, this is another heel I'm supposed to be." Well, if you're American, that's exactly what you're going to do. Yeah. Exactly. Um, poor delivery on WWE's part in that case, um, and it tainted the whole match as a result. The match was okay. Um, it wasn't great, was it? It wasn't amazing. Um, it, it, I mean, if they, seemed... just, let, if they yeah. just let them both go, uh, Dragunov could have got himself over 
easily, but yeah, and pace is really slow. The pace, the pace became slow. I mean, it was quite clear that they had their kind of blocked kind of starter, um, and it's very obvious very quickly that they'd moved over to calling audibles. I'd say about four or five minutes in, um, they switched things up, and Finn Balor um, played a face roll against Ildra Dragunov's heel roll to keep the momentum at least, um, and that worked better. Um, Ilja was getting applaud, um, like claps and and like oohs and ahs towards the end of the match as a result. Yeah. Um, but if you if you do watch the match closely, it's fairly obvious when they flip from the face heel, dyna- when they flip the face heel dynamic in order to match the audience's about expectations. Eight minutes to the end. Eight uh, minutes yeah. To the end. Yep. Mm. Yeah. About that. No, no. Would say about four to five minutes to the end. Yeah, possibly a bit closer to the truth, to be honest. It it was obvious that what they were doing wasn't working. Um, Ildra Dragunov obviously trying to fight through Finn Balor, slowing him down. Um, that didn't work. Um, they put Ildra instead in control of it and had Finn Balor be the guy with the hope spots. And that worked a lot better. Um, they really... They really dropped the ball on that one. Um, and it was part due to the delivery of Ilge Dragunov and the introduction of him. Um, Got to get rid of that music, haven't they? If they want him to approach an international audience. Otherwise, I'll never make it over to NXT America, US. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'll never be an international star if they don't do something about that. Um, any Anything to close this? Um, I feel like we're doing both of these performers a disservice, but it's only a 13-minute and 10-second match. We're, they've obviously been told what they need to go out and do. They've gone done it. They've done their job. Mm. But they should have been given way more freedom. It looked like they didn't have anything to go into this match. No freedom whatsoever. Yeah. Um, it looked like they were told this is the story. They fucked up on the delivery of Ildra. They had to switch it up Um in the last kind of five minutes in order to rescue the match and turn it into a serviceable work, which it was. But what you got from Finn Balor here was a dependable three-and-a-half-star um, piece of action, which... When it should have been should have been like nine. Yeah, this should have been, this should have been a Dave Meltzer's jizzing-in-his-pants classic, um, and it just just wasn't and it was such a shame Um, if you are interested in seeing some of Ildra Dragunov's finer work um, you are yet to um, take a look at any of his indie work, strongly recommend um, his three part series with Cara Noir available on Progress, that's demandprogress.com we are not hired by Progress Wrestling in any way shape or form but you you are right you are right, Um, in regards to Ildra Dragunov this guy is going to be massive as long as they don't carry on doing what they're doing with him. Yeah. Um, he's matching NXT UK with Alexander Wolf in in the NXT UK. Yeah, he is so over, isn't Absolutely he? Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Mm. Um, but he's been just... over in the UK for many years now. Yeah. Um, um, pretty much. Is it's, it um, WSX? Um, um, yeah, yeah. Falters um, promotion. Uh, yeah, WXW. Yeah. WXW. Yeah, okay. Um, that's um, over in check that's that out as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, that's amazing. That's there, are, there is some archive stuff on the Power Slam Network if you're on a five ninety nine kind of budget, um, or you can actually subscribe to their entire back catalogue um, for about seven ninety nine. Um, that's in dollars, so it is even cheaper than you think. 
um, definitely worth the time. They also have a few Ildra Dragunov matches available as promotional pieces on YouTube. Look out for this guy because what he achieved in that match didn't even look at the surface. wasn't even the same room as the surface. Um, Finn Balor's character... Um, it's like a parallel universe. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it is in a different universe to the surface. Um, Finn Balor, what do you reckon about his current trajectory? Um, um, he's having a slow build, isn't he? To be fair, he's got to get through um, Johnny Gogano before he can go ahead to the title. Yeah, but... I mean, ev- everyone's kind of waiting for him to show the WWE universe what they know he's capable of. Um, and they've been waiting for that for three or four years. So I think his general attitude has been, well, what's what's another six months um, while we build this Prince Bala character? Um, and I think I think he's doing the right thing in that. However, I was hoping this was his breakout match. Obviously, his breakout match is going to be in in two weeks' time at um, NXT Takeover. Um, if it is not, then what's going on? The only thing I can think is that this is not an environment he likes. That's the only... Co- if he cannot pull out a banger with Johnny Gargano in an NXT ring um, on the network where they have all the time in the world to deliver, then there is something very wrong with Finn Balor. Um, and what we've been seeing has been very different from what we thought we were seeing which we were thought we were seeing a return to form. <laughs> um, Jordan Devlin, Angel Garza, Isaiah Swerve Scott and Travis Banks, unless you have anything else to say about Finn Balor and Ildra Drakonoff. Ah, uh, no. No, that's cool. Cool. Um, fatal four-way match for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. 12 minutes, 5 seconds. Um, Jordan Devlin um, defeated Angel Garza um, for the title. Um Thoughts? Thoughts? I remember enjoying this match. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> that's the thing. I don't remember exactly what happened. I'm happy for Jordan Devlin. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Devlin, um, there, were a couple of, there were a couple of spots that were kind of high spots throughout this piece. Um, I mean, it was preceded by um, them introducing everybody to Pete Dunne and um, Zach Gibson and their weird accents. You may remember that. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, before the match, those two tag teams had a had a bit of a conversation at wings, ringside. I thought the format of that was a little bit uncomfortable um, because they're both stood in the audience, and it just felt like a bit of a break in the action um, so early in a pay per view. Considering that the pay per view had been running for less than twenty minutes, and they're already having a stand up interview that lasted at least six, seven minutes. Um, but the audience responded very well to Zach Gibson. Um, exactly. He is, he is definitely, definitely got the heel attitude going off. And, um, of course, Pete Dunne, a lot of people were quite, were quite receptive to him, um, which is good because it's the first time in a long time they've actually given him the mic. Um, they've been training him to shrug, um, which, to be fair, it's a very he dynamic shrug. To shrug. It could, <laughs> well, yeah, um, but it's a very dynamic shrug, um, so it tells us a lot. Um, you know, you can use that shrug to pretty much respond to anything, which I think is why they've made it a thing, so that he doesn't always have to go brummy. But um, that's me pissing off one of the biggest cities in the UK. Uh, <laughs> Way to go, Rich. 
Uh, it's all right they weren't listening anyway uh, <laughs> uh, he's actually he's actually a yam yam anyway he's from dudley um so yeah but yeah he's um he, he, he gets over quite well um it was an all right segment seemed a bit weird in its placement but yeah anything nothing Cool. Jordan Devlin um, <laughs> ended up defeating um, Angel Garza, Isaiah Swerve, Scott, and Travis Banks. Um, interesting spot was towards the end. I mean, Jordan Devlin got the opportunity to go throughout this match, and as it got further and further on, it was quite clear that Triple H um, realized that now's the time to pull the trigger on what Jordan Devlin can do. As we mentioned on our NXT Blackpool pre-show, um, a few weeks ago, available in the archive at anchor.fm forward slash jfabe. Um, that performance itself got him this title. I would say so. I would say so. I mean, I'm pretty sure Triple H knew what he could do, um, but that performance, yeah, was really his title match because this match was good and they got a lot achieved in a very short period of time. Um, one of my favourite spots was how it ended. Um, Jordan Devlin was um being pin was pinning um and i can't remember who but they tried to get into the ring um and kick him off and they just didn't make it in time and it as a result it took the audience by surprise because it was the kind of spot where they wouldn't have even bothered getting in the ring if they were going to let him kick out it's just that yeah. little touch that that was really nice um and it really kind of you could you could hear in the arena what was what was happening there. You could hear everybody kind of realise that, oh, he's won it. So that was nice. That was very nice. Um, what are your thoughts for Jordan Devlin moving forward? I mean, this is the Cruiserweight title, so it could lead to his first WrestleMania pre-show match, um, which isn't too bad for an NXT UK guy. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Yeah, But he's now moving to a show that which no one really watches. Um, I think it, I think they've realised that, so they let the champion go to NXT as well. So it could actually lead to him being a presence across three shows when you really think about it. Which is great and mm. all, but you've not really seen anyone really make anything themselves who's come out the 205 division at the moment. The only recent memory would be Buddy Murphy, who is now the tag team yeah. champion on Raw and part of quite a formidable stable. But an inexplicably formidable stable. Yes, the, the fact that they're together is inexplicable, and the fact that he's tag team champion in a stable where there is already a tag team. Already a tag team, yeah. No, that is a bit stupid, but <laughs> but he's the only one really making waves to come out of two hundred five. There's no one else doing that at the moment. Yeah, that's fair. So um, hopefully th- Devlin is going to prove me wrong and be, be that other guy. I uh, think Devlin is good enough to elevate that tile. Yeah, no, he is. He definitely is. They just need to trust him as a performer. They don't do that much, though, do they? No, they Let's don't. face it. They don't. Give him four weeks and Enzo and Moray will be um, jobbing him out or something. <laughs> that would be fun. Seeing yeah. Enzo and Moray back in Serie 5 live. That worked out. Yep. Ruby Doo, my name's Enzo. Frank Sinatra. 
What a dick. Um, <laughs> Taz. No, that, that was that was that was clearly clearly Enzo, mate. All right, cool. He said it at the start of that bit. Yeah, he said his name was Enzo. Yeah. Cool. DIY. <laughs> Johnny Gargano, Tomasa Champa, they reunited for one night only in order to face Mustache Mountain, Trent Seven, and Tyler Bate in the type of tag team match that, had it taken place in any other fucking arena, would have been the main event. Um, in this instance, it was third on the card. It lasted 22 minutes and 57 seconds. This was... Oh, they also gave Jordan Devlin the mic so that he could talk Irish at the American fans and see how they responded. Um, they responded all right. That was at the end of the last match. Um, yeah, this... <laughs> Thanks, Rich. Yeah, yeah, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> So, DIY. DIY. Good to see them back together. They're both all in blue. Yeah. All friends again. No payoff. Mm. You know. Um, I don't know. I think there's. I think it's a bit subtle. Um, I think there is some payoff. There's as much payoff as they could possibly achieve. Well, at the time, yeah, because it was... Tomasa Champa was injured. Mm. Yeah, it was Tomasa Champa that was injured. But yeah, no, we're still, I'm still waiting for that payoff. I'm still waiting for them to kick each other's heads in again. So that best happens soon. I think it will at some point. There is absolutely no way these two cannot. Um, like they could, they could start a feud with each other at any point during the next twenty years, and it will put asses in seats. Um, I think they're quite happy to leave them in the current state. Um, the moment Johnny Gargano gets the NXT title, everything will change is my thoughts. Um, and as he's NXT for life, at some point, Adam Cole's going to ascend um, to, you know, that... 205 Live. Yeah, 205 Live. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be, that's going to be the time. Ascend to 205 Live. <laughs> <laughs> Mustache um, Mountain are over in the US. Um, what do you think? Oh, massively. Yeah. Um, Hopefully that, that crowd got a, a glimpse of the um, Progress American Tour that happened. Yeah. Pretty sure they were part of that. I'm sure they were there. I'm sure all of these guys were there at one point, as um, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano were both working for Smash um, when Progress Wrestling did their first American Tour back in 2014-15, I believe. Um, definitely was some cross-promotional stuff going on. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I think it, it was a good example of that style of wrestling as well, was it not? Yeah, no, they they brought the whole British comedy thing with them as well, which was really good. Yeah, I was wondering if they were testing that because um, there were they quite a few spots that was. were. Yeah, yeah, they definitely were. Um, I mean, crowd laps it up. So, crowd loved it. It went on for kind of went on for kind of about half the match was that British kind of two people who respect each other kind of dicking around but also using it as a game to kind of bounce their way through the first half of the match and work out exactly how <laughs> yeah how this is going to work where somebody's the cracks in people's defenses are you know and you do that through through these kind of joke spots 
um, in British wrestling very often, um, or spots which have a very kind of you know friendly friendly spirit of competition feel to them, um, and I think it definitely had that. Um, yeah. Any I mean, spots that point. yeah go on. I mean, the old did well getting off the ring at one point. Yeah. Uh, with bait. Um, I mean, that's just classic tag team wrestling, isn't it? Really, cutting off the ring. Yeah, um, there was some good cutting off the ring, and they both they both worked that really, really quite nicely. Um, other elements of the match: both Bait and Seven standing up and punching their opponents with the um, with that whole biff and bop thing that they do, um, which they stole off Jack Gallagher. <laughs> it was pretty good. Um, that was um, there was also burning hammer, double burning hammer on Champa. Obviously, the WWE version of that um, landing face down, landing face down rather than on the neck, which is probably a good thing when you're talking when you're doing that to someone like Champa, of course. Yeah, <laughs> probably not the greatest thing if he's landing right on top of his head. Mm. Um, the good thing about that though was that Bate celebrated um, by walking away. Um, and Champa rolled through and pinned seven. Um, really good spot. Bait turns around, gets surprised by it, um, and manages to kick it at the two. Um, just general little spots like that that clearly take experience, guys, um, to really pull it off. Probably for me, made this the traditional match of the weekend for me. I would say it's definitely the match of this event. Yeah, um, I can see. I can see why your opinion might differ overall um, in regards to what the match of the over overall weekend was. But for me, this was the match that you could pl- put it anywhere, and it wouldn't look out of place. It was so such a people pleaser. Everyone was very very happy with it. Um, any other thoughts on this? It was a hard-hitting affair. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, other than that, Bate tried to springboard back into the ring um, towards the end of the match. DIY caught him with a super kick, drop kick combo. Bait at ringside. DIY then hit seven with their meet in the middle finisher, and Champa scored the pin. Um, shaking hands at the end, exchange hugs, that kind of malarkey. Um, Seven and Bait raised the arms of Gargano and Champa. It was clear that all of these guys had wanted to work together for a while, um, and it's clear that they had a lot of fun doing so. Um, this is one to put in your back pocket and break out when you've got some when you've got twenty minutes to burn before another big pay per view, just to remind yourself of how good tag team wrestling can be, in particular. Um, Survivor Series, save it for Survivor Series. Have a watch of that then. Um, or yeah. tomorrow, you know. Yeah, you could you could watch it tomorrow if you want, or on a plane, <laughs> on a train, mm. while shitting in the back. Randy Orton watches this match while <laughs> shitting in the back. An ad aired for NXT. Bag. Yeah, yeah, Edge's bag probably. Uh, <laughs> an ad aired for NXT Takeover Portland on February the sixteenth. Um, that was. All right, I guess. <laughs> May, uh, Mercedes Martinez shown in the crowd. Um, Dakota Kai was also in the front row. Um, Tegan Knox Blasser in the in the back. 
A um, little bit of a spot. Crowd chanted, let them fight. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Um, Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, that was... Yeah, let them. 10 minutes and 8 seconds of tedium for me. Um, such a letdown. Yeah, I'm afraid. Right. Before NXT UK, and it's—I don't know what it is about this event. It's like we talk about NXT UK and how great they are NXT UK, and then it comes over to this, and it's just like it was. Well, it was crap, wasn't it? Well, I'm wondering how many of them actually like have thought about it and thought actually, Worlds Collide is the worst time that I could be risking my body at this time of year. Uh, uh, like, because I, I mean, this is a par, though, pretty much. Um. Yeah, I don't know because there were no bad matches. There just wasn't. Everything was below NXT par. If this was a WWE pay per view, you would have said, "Oh, it was okay." But this was an NXT pay per view. You you were expecting more. Um. But no, I th- I'm I'm under the impression that some people were willing to not go as far as they should maybe they won't give it the time maybe they just want to i mean this is nxt we're talking about so if they play their cards right and don't get injured some of these guys could end up being triple h's footstool when he makes his entrance on a giant throne at wrestlemania so you know want to do that yeah got to be healthy for that stick him on a mask make them follow him on quad bikes or something got to be healthy for that Big payday. Going to be good. <laughs> Did they get paid in Twizzlers? Um, yeah, or Motorhead CDs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie. Um, yeah, it was all right. <coughs> it just wasn't great. Um, I, I can't think of a single spot from it. Um, there was a frog splash at one point that missed. Um, ripcord finisher, clean pin. German suplex. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's just a list of moves. Like German suplex. <laughs> two count. <coughs> crowd Bianca crowd Bello. falls asleep. Yeah, recording yeah. at ringside. Yeah, it was it was it was very meh. I give it a fuckle. Um this this is not a good introduction a to two. the US to the US audience. Um for the UK product, really, for me. No, 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 just, no, not at all. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did terrible. like, I suppose we should probably say something good to counterbalance all this before we go towards the end. Um, you mentioned the commentary style. Um, was Tom Phillips. And he presented yes. this in a much more sporting kind of way than you would usually expect. He was talking about the level of experience of these these wrestlers going into the match. He was talking about um, things that would usually be left out of WWE TV while they started talking about, oh, well, he slept with, with Barbie Lashley. Well, she slept with Rusev, you know, and all of that. Um, but in this instance, it just told a competitive story and it was fine. Um, like that that's that's how commentary should be done in the WWE as far as I'm concerned it felt alright maybe even good it felt alright I, I enjoy Tom Phillips I think he's a great commentator mm. um, do you think the event lacked something due to Morale Ronaldo not being there no not really no not you just the, it was the in-ring the product that was a problem yeah 
Okay, that's fair. Um, final match, Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish, Kylo Riley faced Imperium. Um, that is, of course, Volta, Alexander Wolf, Fabian Arkner, Aikner, Aikner, and Marcel Barthel. Marcel Barthel. Um, in an eight. There's two of them. <laughs> Marcel Barthel, Carthel, Barthel. <coughs> Darthel. Darth, Darth Marcel Barthel. Ah, oh, that's how you want to do him if he ever goes to WWE. And if Disney do buy WWE, then you want Darth Marcel Bartel. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Just don't buy WWE Disney. Evil, evil company. Um, well, I don't think WWE can really be... Oh, you mean you're, you're advising Disney not to buy WWE because D- WWE are evil? No, well, they're both evil. Yeah, they're both really? they're both kind of evil. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean they make good good bedfellows really. Um, Saudi Arabia. We'll talk about that later. Um, undisputed <laughs> we'll era. Imperium. Um, really good Walt- build. Walter really good is build. over. Yeah. Um, they were given time in the weeks building up to it. You're right. Um, really good little building um, vignette as well at the start. Yeah, we had what, NXT UK. We had Undisputed Era, Attack, Imperium. Mm. Imperium. Do it on NXT. Accost them the, um, just a classic and then attack them. Adam Cole put the chop over quite well. The gunshot chop that yeah. Walter does. Um, nice little backflip on that. Um, but then the match itself was a bit... Uh, um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> One of the things, um, one of the things that was quite interesting was how well they handled the Alexander Wolf situation. Of course, um, Alexander Wolf ended up unconscious and caught in a pin that he was supposed to kick out of um, from Bobby Fish covering him. Um, referee was able to justify stopping the count um, based on Wolf's shoulder not being flat. Um, if you've ever tried lying down flat after being knocked the fuck out, it's almost impossible because, you know, it actually takes yeah. effort to lie down flat and have both shoulders on the mat, which is why pins take such cooperation at times. Um, and in this case, he was able to do that. And they continued the match without Wolf, um, switched up the script a bit, called a few audibles. And the match itself managed to flow fairly well as a result. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think a major issue with this, and this match is a a great example of it, the match itself was probably three and a half stars. But with the people in this ring, should have been a five star. Even with knockout blow, even with a knockout and, blow, yeah, yeah. should have should have been eighteen, <laughs> seventeen, eighteen stars, but it wasn't. Yeah. It just WWE, WWE, ing. There we go. Yes, yes, it certainly is. Um, <laughs> uh, we are crazy. Uh, we are. That's the kind of banter you can expect to um, showing. Like, um, yeah, it looked like it was. Sure. A, it looked like it was a kick from Bobby Fish that knocked him out. Um, just judging by the, judging by the um, by the replay. Um, O'Reilly. We should probably talk about O'Reilly here. 
he really is not good in a multi-man situation where he's having to call an audible, is he? Um, I guess not. I guess he isn't. Hmm. Um, like there were a few spots. There was that dive off the top rope where he was caught in a suplex um, to go down to a a brainbuster. And I th- was it Eichner who caught him? Um, it was yeah, oh, I it think it, been, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, Eichner yeah. who caught him. And if he hadn't have nearly blown his core out lifting him up because he was he'd come oh, from the second, yeah. if he yeah, hadn't he has nearly to squat down and, and power lift him back up, yeah, basically yeah. Uh, if. If if Eichner wasn't such a fucking pre- um, like such a predator <laughs> when it comes to entering beast mode in the gym, that could have killed one of them. Like, yeah, saved uh, everybody's asses there. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not I'm not here to bash O'Reilly because I think O'Reilly's great. I've seen him at his best, but it's times like this that his inexperience shows and that's crazy talking about someone who has been wrestling since 2009 at least um possibly longer you know what i mean um but when i think about it i think it's because he hasn't really done much singles wrestling in his entire career mm, he has been in the tag team for most of it yeah um i mean they broke out and this was single stuff in ROH, both of them mm. being other the guy being um, Bobby Fish. Mm-hmm. Um, they both held singles titles. I mean, the super strong style as well. Obviously, it was more Cash's camp within that. You could because mm. he could do that within a British ring because a lot of UK talent know Cash's camp. Mm. Um, so that was an interesting, an interesting watch to say the least. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, he has been in the tag team and most I, of his career. I, I think um, situations where he would have to call an audio or direct traffic or um, know the audible, sorry, and know these kind of situations, maybe maybe he's just not got the level of experience that maybe he should have. Um, regardless, he's usually knocking it out of the park, so I can only chalk the, this down to being a bad day, but on several occasions, he botched spots and missed bits that... <sighs> Unless he was intentionally flubbing, um, which I can't see why he would be, there was it was just a bit off. Um, I don't know whether seeing Wolf get injured kind of shook him up. Could be anything, but do you yeah, think it could yeah. have been elsewhere? He was the one knocked him out. So yeah, that could have been it. Um, I mean, he could have been worried. Um, so yeah, one of those. Um, regardless, anyway. Um, Walter ended up overpowering, um, or at least everyone else ended up being out of the ring, and Walter ended up facing the Undisputed Era members on his own. He powerbombed Strong, splashed him. Um, Cole caught Walter running knee to the back of the head, tried to pin him, broken up by Eichner. Um, fans chanted NXT, um, shouted, This is awesome a few times. Um, we, we rolled our eyes and carried on drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, towards the end, um, Walter avoided one of Fisher's top rope splash attempts and followed up with a drop kick and a power bump to get the pin. Um, as far as matches to put over Imperium are concerned, I feel that this one will have put them over. Um, but part of that is based on Walter's name value alone. The fans already knew to chant Walter. 
Yeah, um, no, massive, massive, the over, massive over at Survivor Series as well. Hmm. I think and he's one of those I people who... pissed when he got eliminated. I was pissed when he got eliminated. Yeah. Um, and rightly so, rightly so. Um, he's one of those people who his reputation precedes him. I mean, I when I first saw him, I saw him live um, with you, as I always mention whenever we talk about Walter on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> and I, uh, I had heard, I had no, heard. No, I remember. <laughs> I I had heard about him, but I hadn't seen him. And but I knew enough to chant Walter when he came down the aisle because, and I I could recognise him, and I'd never seen him before because. His reputation preceded him. There's only one six foot seven bastard who looks like that, and it's Walter. <laughs> and it's and he hits hard. He hits yeah. hard. I mean, we didn't talk about um, Strong and Walter and the chop off. Yeah, that was interesting. Like a good chop off. Yeah, um, they did do a few chop offs as well um, over the course of this evening. Um, got the fa- got the crowd behind them. Um, I think, to some degree, when we first saw the chop-off, because the first chop-off of the weekend was, of course, Finn Balor, Ilja Dragunov. I'm pretty sure they were just doing it to test the waters to see who was the face and who was the heel, <laughs> um, just to make sure that everybody knew what they were doing in regards to switching it up. But, yep. um, yeah, towards the end of this, I'd say it was a hell of a match considering what happened, but a lot more could have been achieved in it. A lot. More could have been achieved in this match. A lot more can be achieved in the whole card. Um. Okay, then. So let's do star ratings and then move on, um, because I'm very aware that otherwise we could end up talking all day about these guys um, and completely miss the rumble, which is what we're really here for. So, star ratings. Should we go match by match quickly? Um, Finn Balor, Ilja Dragunov. Final star rating from UJ. This is out of five because it's not the Tokyo Dome. Right, cool. Um, three. Yeah, I'd say three. Um, Jordan Devlin, Angel Garza, Isaiah Swerve, Scott and Travis Banks. Three and a half. Yeah, I'd say 3.75. Um, I think we're about there um, on each of us. I'd, I'd give it an extra 0.25 because Jordan Devlin won. Um, DIY, Mustache Mountain. Four. four yeah, I'd say it's the first yeah. and only four star match on this card really for me um, Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm like one and a half I have it two and three quarters um, just because I like both of these, I cared about the result of this match even if I didn't necessarily enjoy watching it um, so they obviously did something right um, Imperium, the Undisputed Era um, I'm going to say 3.8 yeah, I'd say about th- I'd say about three point three point eight actually. Now that's pretty much bang on. Like, what else can you say? It was. It, I liked the result. If I needed to waste half an hour, I'd probably have no problem sticking it on and watching it again. But I'm never going to tell probably someone. Probably never watch this. this um, I won't go out my way for it again. if it ended up if it ended up in a if if those that match or the DIY match end up in a collection or something like that I'd probably watch them as I was watching the collection if collections were still a thing but no nah, I won't I won't watch this event again um, there's nothing on this card that says you have to watch this and that's usually how I rate matches so ah oh, wow a bit disappointing any thoughts on 
Road to WrestleMania for any of these people? Any, uh, or shall we? Shall we just move on? There's nothing really left to say. Yeah. It's yeah. Pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I was, I was quite disappointed by all of that. Um, so there you have it, guys. That is our analysis of Worlds Collide. Um, we will be back tomorrow. Um, with another episode of Showing Light. That time we will review Royal Rumble 2020, give our thoughts on what's going on into this perilous road to WrestleMania. It will also feature our good friend Nigel McGuinness um, and all of his cavalcade of friends um, to open the show. So looking forward to that. Please remember to subscribe, like, do all of those things. Um, I am, of course, as mentioned at the top of the show, at not a time duke on Twitter, and of course Jay is I am not a robot on Twitter. Robot is spelt with two zeros. You can also find us at Jfade Podcast, also on Twitter. Um, see you tomorrow night when we will t- tomorrow morning. Sorry, when we will talk about the Royal Rumble. Listen to me now